Hey, hey, welcome in. It's the BHNX Cardinals podcast, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your programming. I'm Johnny Venerable. He is Bo Brock. Become a diehard. Go phnx.com. Pick up a free hat and or t-shirt every single year. You're a diehard. I'm a diehard for the NFL offseason, which officially feels like it begins right now. Bo Brock, <laughs> we are just one week away from the NFL Combine, which we will be in attendance for. How we live in today on a football Monday. Uh, still kind of trying to find myself. I mean, after the first true football Sunday or Sunday without football, felt lost. Uh, I really did. And I think, you know, Monday, we're still picking up the pieces. We don't have, can't play Monday morning quarterback after any game today. So I'm just kind of going to the grocery store and critiquing how people put my groceries in the bag said, Hey, maybe you should have just kept the produce with the produce, no meat with the produce. And they kicked me out of sprouts quite frankly, and uh, still trying to find my way. But you know, the closer we get to actual free agency, the closer we get to the NFL draft, I think the better and better I'm going to feel, the more you know at peace I'm going to feel. But what's up to the chat? I see Didi. I see John Paul Edward De Dios out there, one of the best names in the chat. Uh, TJ, Brian Burns, you are a Cardinal. I like that energy. Mark, I what's up? Too. And Dave, fantastic energy in the, in the chat, and it's a great way to start this PHNX Cardinals week. We are attempting to put together the free agency puzzle and the offseason puzzle for the Arizona Cardinals. And every single day you're in attendance for this show hoping to shed some clarity on what our precious Redbirds are set to do and maybe not do, Bo Brock, ahead of March free agency and the NFL draft. Um, so uh, very apropos, the NFL tag opening to the start of that deadline begins tomorrow, not only the franchise tag, transition tag, and it's it's bringing up a lot of players, right? A lot of players not specific to the Cardinals because, frankly, they don't have a ton of players that you would apply a tag to given the lack of talent on the roster, but one name in particular that has come up for the Cardinals in conversations for whatever reason here in the Valley is somebody like Mike Evans. And um, it was reported earlier today by our guy, friend of the program, Jordan Schultz, that Mike Evans, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, while they continue to try to work on a deal, they remain far apart. This is according to Schultz. Sources say Tampa is set to take on $7.4 million in dead money and may not be getting a deal done today. Talks will continue. My understanding is Evans is trending toward becoming a free agent, barring an unexpected change in discussions. Of course, Evans is over 30. I think he's eventual Hall of Famer. Here's what this show is prepared to tell you today. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals are not in on Mike Evans uh, at all. Uh, and we'll have a greater conversation about, will they be in on any high-profile free agent wide receivers we can tell you definitively per sources, like Mike Evans is not a target of the Arizona Cardinals, despite the need at receiver. They are much, much more likely, Bo, to, of course, take advantage of this robust receiving class in the NFL draft. They like what they have in Michael Wilson. We'll talk about Hollywood Brown and how that factors in here in a little bit. But Mike Evans, unequivocally not a target of the Cardinals. Yeah, I think Mike Evans is a guy that's going to continue to make big plays at the NFL level. But, you know, he's going to have to find kind of a niche team that's going to sign him because you've yeah. got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where he's had a incredibly comfortable home the last couple of years where he took home a Super Bowl. He's gone over a thousand yards receiving and he continues to play at a high level entering his thirties, but mm -hmm. you're going to have to find a team a la, you know, the Tennessee Titans last off season, who was willing to take a chance on a guy like Deandre Hopkins or a wide receiver needy Baltimore Ravens team that's going to have to, that's going to want to go out there and, and pay close to market value 
and bringing a guy like Mike Evans, where I think a team that's in the second year of a rebuild or even a team like Tampa that business-wise is realizing, hey, investing a ton of money in a guy over 30 at this position that's a young man's position, probably not a, a good investment. It's not, you know, there's one Larry Fitzgerald and there's only another Jerry Rice, right? And they are the exception to the rule, but most likely at some point, Production is going to fall off a cliff and you need to be prepared for it in a cap league. It's tough to make and rebound from mistakes like that. So it's unfortunate because, you know, Mike Evans is playing so well still, but yeah, it's, it's not shocking to me. They hear that it's a, you know, confirmed now that Mike Evans is, is not on the short list for the Arizona Cardinals to revamp the position. And I'll say this, Johnny, Mike Evans, like, you and I were, we both saw that that, that wasn't a fit, right? No. Not, not, not based on the player and the production, but based on the age and the salary that he'll likely command. I will say this to Cardinals fans. I think you need to buckle up because as far as the wide receiver position before the draft, and it's a long way to go. You're not going to have a lot of answers for that position. I would think, you know, a great like, point. You got three guys under contract, potentially four. Who's, we'll see what they do with Greg Dorch, but that's that's not a whole lot of comfort. That that's not going to make you feel warm and fuzzy inside. Thinking about you know Kyler Murray's weapons uh, up until April 25th when they select a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr. potentially fourth overall. Joe Sanders checking in from London. Fantastic, love the show, guys. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate it. I love London. Would love to go there sometimes. Maybe you could hook us up, Joe. Uh, but in all seriousness, thanks for tuning in. Baharo three. If Monty passes up on Evans and misses out on Marvin Harrison Jr., then it's either a fail. He's just waiting on twenty twenty five. I would say that they're gonna they're gonna get a receiver in the draft. Um, and it's difficult because I I I feel this comment. Very much so. I watched this team failure complete passes f- mostly during the month of December. So I understand this this receiving core needs to be elevated. This front office and coaching staff, frankly, feels good about their ability to, to draft and develop this position. Now, we have been immune to that because Steve Kime was, was such a debacle at drafting the position outside of a, a lone hit on Christian Kirk, who he allowed to leave. I think we just we need to be patient and feel good about like this class is loaded. We feel good that there's going to be an option or two at number four, and if not, hopefully an option at 27 and or 35. But again, I'm I'm very much of the mindset. There's two receivers you love, one at four, and then one on late on day two, maybe early on day three, you pull the trigger. I think this is a receiving core eventually that we're going to see be made up of all draftees. I mean, how great would that be? That you can fast forward like 18 months as a Cardinal fan, and we're watching Kyler Murray cook, and it's a it's a homegrown receiving core. That's what you want because it's a it's a hot commodity position. You look at a guy like Calvin Ridley, which we're going to discuss. He's 29 years old, and I think I'm going to tell you right now, like he's going to get paid a decent amount. The Cardinals don't want to play in a sandbox where they have to pay a 29 year old Calvin Ridley on his third team to come and be their cone number one receiver. So I just this is this is how you build the team the right way. Mm-hmm. Now, does that mean they're not going to go out and ever address the position if the right you know opportunity came along and there was a familiarity? Absolutely, but. If there's ever a year to like not splurge on a receiver, it's this year. This this draft class. I mean, we're gonna do a mock draft, dueling mock drafts later on in the show, Bo. But you just see every time we do a mock, you look at top 100 big boards. This this is one of the best classes in recent memory. Certainly, it's in half a decade at the position, and the Cardinals are gonna do their due diligence on these guys to be able to come in and craft their own narrative. Be in your early 20s with your best 
football in front of you, like respectfully to Mike Evans, like he's a Hall of Famer, but his best football's behind him. You really want to invest in that? I don't. Yeah, when you're a rebuilding team, you don't want to be the the organization that pays a guy for previous performance. You know, that that's just gonna be that that's that's the toughest pill to swallow, I think, in sports where you see across the major sports where teams ink these players that hit free agency finally and you know, their their current team isn't, you know, reluctant to to let go. And that should be a red flag right there. And I, I just like I watched Mike Evans play throughout the season. He played fantastic. He was awesome. He was. And, but, but we know this, the ugly reality in the NFL that that could change at the drop of a hat. And I think that the smart organizations are, are, are unwilling to to pay top dollar for that. And and you'll see far often than not, like the teams that do in, in the off season, like they're sitting there in October and November, like, uh Oh, we made a mistake and they're mm-hmm. going to have to pay for it the following off season, either making a tough decision as far as dead money that they're going to have to absorb in, in cap dollars or, you know, uh, taking kind of a lopsided trade where, you know, a more talented player exits and you're set there kind of having to pay the check. Get to a super chat here. This is from our friend, Alex Four ninety nine. Do you think uh, guys thinking Buddha could be a cap casualty like Mike Jarecki tweeted, even after all the praise JG and Monty gave him? Mm. Um, I don't follow Mike Jarecki. Here's what I'll tell you, Alex. This show has kind of been alluding to the fact they're going to look at everybody's contract. We did a show in early January discussing that very option. I, their preference is to have Buda Baker on the team. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I think we're in the same mindset where this is probably going to be Buddha's last year on the team assuming he's back, but I mean, like they're paying big money to, to a pair of safeties and they got needs everywhere. So they're going to look at everything. So it wouldn't surprise me one way or the other, but I will lean toward keeping him. Yeah, I I would lead. I I would bet that they're going to lean towards keeping him as well. And I think there's some guys on that defense that might have a bit of that luxury. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I would say anybody that's saying that and coloring up is, is reporting it's, they're just throwing darts. They're looking at a cap number. And they probably spend more time tweeting and shading this podcast than they actually do around the organization. So I'll take the, I'll take, you know, what, what Johnny has insight on and, and what other reporters have insight on. And, you know, I mean, Buda Baker, I, I would say, I, w- I would say that the relationship has, they've mended it significantly since last off season, you know, obviously at this point last year, you know, we were, this is when the report, uh, the reported trade request came and, you know, obviously he got back in that building. He saw what JG was about. He saw about what the culture shift was and he was all on board with that. And you saw Buda Baker show up as much. We've seen Joe Buda Baker show up since he was drafted in 2017. And I think that he's just somebody that, you know, it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense to just cut. Um, or, you know, I don't know if you're going to find a fair trade in return for a guy like Buddha. So it's just the, the most logical move forward would be with him on the roster. Arthur trade Buddha. We can still get a third or a fourth round pick for him. Um, I, as much as I love that avatar, Arthur, I disagree. Here's what I would say. If you go look at over the and the financial commitments for the Cardinals, they plummet after this season. Now that'll change. They're going to add some pieces in free agency, but I think this is the perfect year to write out Buddha's contract and just say, Hey, we're going to pay you this year. We're trying to make the playoffs. Certainly you're a better team with Buddha than without. And it's not like you're hampered by Buddha's contract that doesn't exist past this year. 
and what he's able to bring to that locker room, you can't quantify, you can't measure. And I also think this defense is going to be a unit on the rise with the influx of talent, hopefully that they bring it in the front seven, you want to make sure your back seven's in good shape. You want to make sure your secondary is good to go. So I think if this was the Cardinals last year and they were discussing it and you could maybe get a second round pick for a team that needed every draft pick imaginable, I think that was the time to do as somebody mentioned in the chat, but yeah, a third or a fourth, which is probably, I mean, you're probably looking at closer to a, a fourth rounder with p- how people devalue safeties, just keep them, ride it out. And then, you know, let him hit free agency next year because I think you could also Bo project it to say, well, if he gets a nice little three-year contract from somebody in free agency next year, you're going to be collecting a comp pick anyway. So they are not strapped for cash. Just keep the good players that you have. Try to yeah. win games this year. Win as many games as you can. Yeah, I mean, and you look at the deal for the, with the with the Eagles got a fifth-round pick and a sixth in Terrell Edmonds for Kevin Byard. And, you know, I mean, as far as where you look at where players, you know, their value, like this mm-hmm. is no disrespect to Buddha, but is he much, is he viewed and perceived as much better than a Kevin Byard who was with Tennessee who made his way to Philly mid season last year? I, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that, Johnny? Yeah, probably a round or two in a trade and what he can yeah. bring from a, an enthusiasm locker room leadership perspective. But like when you got guys like Garrett Williams and Keytrail Clark and, you know, even some of the offensive players like leaning on Buda Baker, I just think it would be a deterrent to the locker room that I, w- I wouldn't think that Gannon and company would welcome. And I also feel like the Cardinals gave him a bump last year and Buda responded. And yeah, he missed some time, but I, he was a really good player for them. And I think he could, he could have his best season to date, obviously under Jonathan Gannon. So you just, I think everybody will feel, feel good about let's have a great year. Let's win as many games as possible. And then let's let Buda go and cash in in free agency next year. Like why, why trade him to somebody for a th- what I can, would consider a throwaway pick based mm-hmm. on his value? Because any point when you're trading away a Buda Baker, the other team is going to be more excited than you are receiving pick 120 or whatever right. it is. Like I, you have three third rounders plus pick 105 at the top of the fourth. I, you know, I was of the mindset last year, if they were going to do it, rip the bandaid off, get a top 60 pick and move on because that season was what it was. They did. They stuck with it. So you need to see this through throughout the rest of his contract. Um, JJ in the chat. What about Michael Pittman Jr. to pair with Marvin Harrison Jr.? Uh, I love the juniors, co-juniors. Here's what I'll say. I don't think Michael Pittman, number one, hits the market. He was the anchor to that passing game and helped uh, Bo Indianapolis overachieve. And you also have to think like, I think they view Michael Wilson as a starter how many yeah. outside receivers can you sign and have? Like you get MHJ, there are your two outside receivers. Like you want depth, obviously, but like, that's it. That's who you're rolling with. And then you're going to have to figure out the slot. If, if you were presented with the opportunity to sign a guy like Michael Pittman Jr., I think you do it right. Yeah. But I just don't think it's going to present itself. Um, you know, I, I know his dad played a lot of great downs for the Arizona Cardinals in the early, late two, uh, 90s and mm-hmm. early 2000s. But awesome. uh, Michael Pittman, I just don't think Indianapolis is going to relinquish its, its grasp on uh, the former USC product. He was he was outstanding last year. I mean, it mm-hmm. seemed like each every week you could just kind of pen him in for eight to ten catches a game. I mean, he was, yep. and he was catching the ball at the end of the year from Gardner Minshew. I mean, this was not, you know, Anthony Richardson and there's slinging his rookie season. It was Gardner Minshew career backup that made Pittman look like an undeniable number one receiver. I just don't, Indy, Indianapolis will pay him. I just don't think he's going to hit the open market. That That's the biggest issue. I mean, that, that's kind of the, the open of the show is 
there's just nobody out there. I mean, in the top tier that the Arizona Cardinals are going to sniff around because, you know, the top guys like T Higgins at the very least is going to get franchise tagged and, and the Bengals are going to maybe flip him um, or sign him to extension. Same thing goes for Pittman. I think he at the, at the least gets tagged um, and plays on the tag, but most likely gets tagged and then signs a huge, huge extension. And then Evans is, is going to be maybe the guy that actually hits the open market, but you know, over 30, um, is that the smart move of, of a rebuilding team of a team that's going to be primarily a draft and develop team? Are they going to tie up money in, in a, in a, in a veteran like Evans? I, I really don't think that's going to happen. I just feel like with where the Cardinals are situated with the fourth overall pick. And I, I saw somebody earlier, I don't want to ignore it. ask about Malik neighbors. And I, I definitely think that's an option, you know, assuming you could, get him at four trade back. But I also feel like the Cardinals, once Kyler Murray came back and they were able to win, you know, three out of eight and almost win 500, like you pushed your pick out of a position where I think like, let's say they got Caleb Williams first overall. Let's say they were playing in that sandbox and you wanted to get Caleb a veteran receiver to feel comfortable with down to down. And you weren't going to be able to target one of the top guys. Then maybe one of these guys makes sense. You reset the rookie clock, but it's like, Kyler Murray's making $50 million. Let him elevate rookies. Let him elevate draft picks. Like, I mean, look at who some of these guys are playing with. Like Michael Pittman Jr. is playing with Anthony Richardson. He's a rookie. Calvin Ridley's been playing with Trevor Lawrence. That's why they traded for him. He he was on a rookie deal. Mike Evans was playing with Baker Mayfield making no money this year. And now they're going to have to pay Baker. And so what does that mean for Mike Evans? And then T Higgins, like Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is about to get paid like that. You know, when people start getting paid, it muddles things up a little bit. And so that's why I think you look at those names. It's just, I think Carolina is probably in the catbird seat for everybody. And we talked about this on our audio only pod. Go check it out at gophnx.com that dropped last night. If you have minimal resources in the draft and got some money to spend, you're going to go and, and overpay for a receiver. If, if you've got somebody like Bryce Young um, that hasn't been very good in the NFL and needs targets and, and needs weapons. So, to me, at the end of the day, it's just like Cardinals have, uh, I think, slept on pass catchers and Trey McBride, Elijah Higgy Bear Higgins, and then Michael Wilson. You don't need to wholesale changes. You need an alpha, which they can get it for, hopefully, and then just do some tweaking, do some do some adjusting. I it, that you don't have to go spend fifty million dollars guaranteed on an older receiver that another team lets walk. That that would be a mistake, yeah. and they're yeah, not going I, to. A guy, Brad Spielberger on PFF.com, he did have the Cardinals tied to a guy like Pittman, Pittman and it's just like, okay, if it if he becomes available, you know, I I, I really wouldn't be shocked if if uh, Monty's you know picking up the phone and just inquiring with his representation, but you know, I, it it just really does feel like the the way that they're going to revamp that room is going mm-hmm. to be through through the draft, and everybody yeah. else is going to be depth pieces because. I think that there is a lot of confidence in the guy we talked to on Radio Row and Michael Wilson, and he showed, you know, albeit sample size last two games with Kyler Murray, that he can be a, a legit two, right? And then you've, you've got, you can figure out the slot position, um, but then you're adding guys, I think, as depth guys and, and then drafting, hopefully, your number one X receiver. Uh, Baharo, another good comment here. We say Kyler elevates rookies. Well, that also comes back to Petsy and his ability to scheme wide receivers open, also relying on Wilson's health. There's a lot of hoping with that, and I get that. I also think that you can bank on Kyler Murray looking better off of 
a full year of recovery, a full year of the offseason with Petsine. Same thing with Michael Wilson should have a pop year. I think we, everybody in the chat right now, if you got 15 games of Michael Wilson next year out of 17, like he's at least hitting what, 800, 900 yards next year? That's, mm-hmm. that's a damn good number two receiver. And then if you get your number one, fourth overall, and then you have a Pro Bowl tight end, like, that's that's pretty good for an NFL franchise. That's yeah. you're cooking with gas suddenly. I no team is this isn't the Cardinals circa you know 2008 with Kurt Warner when they had three that 1,000 yard you know receivers. Cardinals don't want to be built that way. They want to have two big physical outside receivers. They want a power back and they want a franchise quarterback and a plus tight end. Here's what I will say. I don't know what they want from a slot receiver because at this point they haven't extended their restricted tag to Greg Dortch. Mm-hmm. Is Zach Pascal their ideal slot receiver next year? He didn't show enough as a receiver this year. Had some, you know, some miscues on some routes that cost the Cardinals points. Like, I feel like I know what they want at every position but slot. And that's that's a TBD. And maybe until yeah. like we're sitting here in the fourth round and they take some shifty slot receiver out of the Mountain West or something, you're like, oh, okay, now now I see what they're doing. Yeah. And then, you know, I think offensively, when you when you look at like it's similar to the wide receiver market, like the offensive line is going to be one where I think a ton of teams are going to be in on it. And the yeah. Arizona Cardinals is like, I would bet that they want to, to continue to build the trenches because when you lo- watch, you know, the trenches the last couple of years, that's where the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, you've watched the, you feel like every year you're saying this is a Cardinals fans. Like you want them to build the trenches. And I think that Monty Osford is, is a general manager. That's finally the man for the job potentially. So like for them to go out there and kind of spend or overspend on these, on these sports cars, I, I don't know if they will. I think that they would probably find like a, a steady dryer washer and dryer combo than, <laughs> than, you know, the nice souped up, uh, you know, car payment that they're going to have to pay the, the tab on each and every month. We're sitting on a lot of um, good insight on this show um, that we're going to be able to allude to here in the coming weeks. Is it, with regard to free agency, we'll give some out at the combine. Bo just kind of alluded to it, but here's here's something else the show is prepared to tell you today: is that the the Arizona Cardinals, if they're going to make a big move offensively in free agency, it's going to be on the offensive line. And it's couldn't tell you a name, couldn't pinpoint what position, guard or tackle, but they it, it, they have a sense of urgency to refortify probably what they lost in DJ Humphreys. And I, I, this, this free agent offensive line class doesn't do a lot for me. Mm-hmm. So it could be another yell to Froldholt mid-level extension, Will Hernandez style, but it would, it would be very surprising if they got to the draft and didn't have one to two options to, to be able to plug and play, depending on how the board fell at 27 and 35. Um, and I say that Bo, as somebody who still expects them to go hard in the paint front seven defensive line and and potentially multiple mid-level corners. But I, I think everybody can buckle up for offensive line, offensive line and free agency. They love this draft class. Um, I, I don't even know if they even view wide receiver on the same level as offensive line in terms of need. Mm. But I think the Trump card is the best player in the draft just happens to play receiver. Right. So that's going to dictate that pick. But I well, just I get, number wise, just right. sure number wise, they need right. to get wide receivers. I mean, right. they, good, because if it was, it was different, right. I mean, it's say like Hollywood Brown was still under contract, right. Right. Um, or you had a couple, like two more bodies in that wide receiver room. 
they might just say, okay, we're, you know, content as we can be, but we're, we're always going to emphasize, you know, building the lines, right. We're going to emphasize building lines and we see, you know, the defensive, dis, you know, talent disparity. There's a lot of work to be done there as well, but like with the strength of this draft happens to kind of fall in line with where the Arizona Cardinals, they have holes offensively, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they've got what they feel is a strength at the quarterback position. They've got a strength at the running back position and James Conner. They got a strength at the tight end position and they've got some pieces across the offensive line, including, you know, rising second year tackle Paris Johnson jr. But they feel like, you know, maybe there's some work to be done. And I think I, I would bet Johnny that that's going to probably be the feeling each and every off season. And it yeah. should be like, it should be. They're so well coached at that position unit too. Like, you know, when I hear some stuff through the tea leaves, when we talk about it off air, and it's like, man, that offensive line performance this year, save for a couple instances, Cleveland or whatever, there's like the best unit the Cardinals have had collectively in like 10 years. They were dominant, dominant running the football. I thought their pass protection was really good at times this year. And to hear them say like, yeah, it's just not good enough. Like that's got to get you fired up. I see Ken's fired up in the chat right now. Love what we're talking about. It gets me fired up because again, you're not beating San Francisco and the LA Rams and Mike McDonald, who, you know, I respect in Seattle with finesse football and 10 personnel, four wide receivers, everybody undersized. It's, you know, I, (laughs) it it just, I don't know what they're going to do. If Marvin's not there, pick four, because now you've got reports of, you know, the chargers desperately want to trade out of five. So it's going to get to a point where like everybody wants to trade out. Everybody wants more picks, <laughs> but I do feel like, I think, I think their, their best course of action internally, they believe is if Marvin's not there to try to trade down, get picks and get an offensive lineman. Like yeah. as much as I think Malik neighbors is a top five player in this class. Like I don't, I couldn't tell you tomorrow who they're going to draft, but I think that they, they feel like, Marvin's in this tier. He's in a tier by himself. And then we really like this offensive line class. Let's, let's splurge. Let's get some, let's get some big men. So if you're looking for to hedge your bet at pick 27 and 35, I would say there's a very high chance there's going to be linemen drafted by the Cardinals there. And and that's kind of the direction. A lot of mock drafts have gone, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, like we're going to splurge. We're going to splurge just because if we don't, we're crazy. Like mm-hmm. any, but any of the 32 franchises would be nuts, right? To, to let a talent of, of uh, Marvin Harrison jr's caliber, you know, get through, through your fingers and, and on, into another team's lap. So I think that the Arizona Cardinals are going to do that and then get right back, back on their diet, right? Yeah. Right back. You know, they had that one cheat meal and you know, they, they got the, they got the, the peanut butter cups from Trader Joe's. They're delicious. And you had, you know, <laughs> they're dark uh, chocolate. They're solid. Oh yeah. Yeah. What do you mean? What do you mean? They're, no, they're, they're elite for you. They're elite. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. And... I'm just saying they're not that bad for you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's right. Whatever you justify it, you're in the venerable household. That's fine. <laughs> but you get right back on the, you get right back on it and uh, you start taking, you building the trenches where, where you absolutely had to. And, uh, is encouraged. Like, that's what you have to appreciate. That's why I really appreciate it. Especially off the, on the heels of what Johnny just gave us some tremendous insight is that this team saw this offensive line. They got a good performance from it. And they're like, we need better. We just, yep. we know we can improve at that position and they're willing to, to continue to move forward where, you know, I think, you know, fan base or, you know, prognosticators would be like, no, nah, the offensive line is fine. Like they, you know, they had this, they have, 
Yelda, they've got Will Hernandez, they've got, you know, Paris Johnson Jr., but this organization is not going to be left being in a, you know, in a hole in week six when one of their tackles goes down or one of their guards goes down. And I, I really appreciate that. Uh, this franchise, which has made so much noise in September and October under Cliff Kingsbury, they won a game on December 3rd this year. And they, Kyler Murray had a 90 quarterback rating. This was a good day for Kyler. 90 quarterback rating. They ran for 150 yards on the ground. Their two leading receivers were two tight ends. Trey McBride had 90 yards. Elijah Higgins had 20 yards. They beat the Steelers by two touchdowns. Like, I don't think that's how they want to win every Sunday, but mm-hmm. I think that, that that's closer to who they want to be than that's how Baltimore's been winning football. The that's last how the Jared Goff and the Lions yeah. are winning games. Yeah. That travels. Mm-hmm. That that does well to control the line of scrimmage against prolific offenses. I, I hate to say it, like San Francisco. Like, and it always kind of gets me back to Marvin Harrison Jr. is my favorite player that we've scouted, we've we've watched over like certainly since you and I have been doing this show together. Mm-hmm. But like he's the outlier to I think this is how they want to play football, and I would be scared if they got away from it. And hearing what we're hearing, it makes you feel good that they're not going to get away from that. Like I it, watching it in real time, it's like, oh, they have to play this way because of their personnel. No, they want to play this way. They want to run the football 25, 30, 35 times a game, assert their will, have a franchise quarterback under center, work off a of play action, make some big game, plays in the passing game, have big physical receivers, and just wear you down. I mean, they, they held Pittsburgh to 10 points. Can anybody tell me who played on their defensive line that day? I couldn't. I think B. Yeah. Joe Jawari was out there and Zayvon Collins. So it just it just shows goes to show you, just at the end of the day, they're just in such a better place as a franchise. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't just watch the tape. I experience it. I, I go, <laughs> I just, I feel emotion. Yeah. Uh, just so many different things. And it's more than just, it's, it's a religious experience. That's what it is. Uh, watching number 18 for the Ohio state Buckeyes just terrorize big 10 defenses. And I, and I hope it's in Cardinal red and white, but yeah, uh, the other stuff's all, all good as well. And it's nice to get a bit of a departure from it because it's like, it does get into when we didn't know, right. Where we, it, all signs weren't pointing towards, you know, the first, what the first three teams are going to do or really where the Cardinals were going to be locked in as far as the top, five of the draft like yeah hey a tackle could be an option and like you can you can talk yourself into a reality where it's like hey this is this would be really good for the franchise i mean it's not marvel level but it'd be really good for the direction of the organization you don't think kyler murray trusts them to to develop offensive linemen after what they did last year with paris and signing yelda froldholt like yeah that everybody's got bought in with what they're doing and it's like <laughs> After he tried to get the the previous regime, like, hey man, Kristen Wirfs looks pretty good. He's like, ah, I, it's all right, I got you. I'm gonna get you a Swiss Army knife out of Clemson. Like, oh, cool, thanks, man. <laughs> you mean the guy that played 24 percent of the snaps as a rookie? Yeah, Kyler wouldn't have to worry about Austin Ford passing on Tyler Lindenbaum. Topic 64, men's friend of the program, 499. Good to see you, my guy. I don't know, guys. Kind of feeling we need another receiver. If our number one and number two receivers get hurt, we should have plug-and-play guys ready to go. I think they will. But, like, there's going to be a drop-off. But I'm with you. Like, you take Marvin four, and then at some point later in the draft, you draft a receiver. Good for, like, Jawan Jennings, almost Super Bowl MVP, was drafted in the seventh round. Puka Nakua was a fifth-round pick. Like, I have confidence Austin Ford and Gannon and company, Dave Sears, they can find a chain mover 
in the middle to late rounds. You have so many picks. Go get right. somebody else. Just doesn't have to be with 27 or 35. Would you be content with, like, obviously we're all sitting here and we want Marv, right? We want Maserati Marv because okay. th- that's just like, that's, that's daydreaming. That's winning the lottery type yeah. daydreaming. Right. But what would I tell you if, if they got another Michael Wilson, what if you added another Michael Wilson as receiving court, what would it do for the offense? What would it do for the offense? I mean, and like Joe old. Yeah. That's, of course. Okay. So we're, we're talking about, you trade down, you get more picks, you get Joe well, Alder on whatever, the Whatever the circumstances are up front, you didn't get Marv, and you, you end up getting the wide receiver later. What if you got, you know, day two, that's where you got a wide receiver, and he's the, he's a Michael Wilson caliber wide receiver. I think that's, you would- that's enough to go with the run game, Kyler's skill set, Trey McBride, and Wilson himself. I think that that would be enough for a steady offense. Yeah, I think you'd have to lean on the run game more a little bit more early in the season, you wouldn't be ready to open things up quite a bit. But I also think like I'm underestimating how good Kyler's going to look with Elijah Higgins and Trey McBride and Michael Wilson. I think in that scenario, what you just outlined, I think bringing back a Greg Dorch would be a must then. And people will laugh at that. Like Greg Dorch was their number one receiver at the end of the year. Like if you had Dorch and Michael Wilson, and let's just say like the kid out of Oregon fell to you at 35 or you took, you know, Jerry Rice's son, at some point, like you felt like that's going to be the the next heir apparent, you know, Hollywood Brown. Yeah. I mean, it's not not my first choice, but again, they're all only good options. Right. Um, like Illidre points out here, 499. I like building the trenches offensively. Look how much more efficient Kyler was this year. If it, he was the most efficient when it, the light turned on, and I, I don't want, that's not putting Kyler down. It was just like he just felt more comfortable in the offense and he looked good coming off an ACL than he's ever looked before. Yeah. really outside of his his MVP start in 2021. So right. I'm with you. Like I if you get if you gifted him either Marvin Harrison Jr. or Joe Alt or Alu Fashionu or Malik Neighbors, like it's it's a investment in Kyler Murray. And that's that's a good thing. You should always invest in in your franchise quarterback and they will. Yeah. Some questions here, some comments in the chat. Animal TV saying Dorch should hundred percent be back. Uh somebody was it Jalen Blair saying, hey, I need a little bit more than Michael Wilson. And I don't disagree with that. And I think that maybe just uh, a little bit more Mike, Michael Wilson extra, right? Like Mr. Pig. Maybe extra. somebody with a little bit more frontline speed. <laughs> right. Maybe uh, faster. And plays the X and plays the yeah. X, right? Uh, and then Jalen Blair coming back. Bo and Johnny, did we get invited to meet the coach GM thing cards last week? That was, I think that was strictly season ticket holders. Yeah, that were at it was that a event. Fan a fan event, which is awesome. Yeah. The Cardinals did that. No, but here's what we do have this time next week. We're going to be going to Indianapolis and we're going to get to chat as a group collectively with Monty Austin Ford and Jonathan Gannon at the podium. So right. we will be fielding questions from you all. As we get closer, what do you want us to ask the GM and the head coach? And we yeah. will pose those questions. We did it last year. Yeah, definitely. And, and load up the Discord, the member Discord, diehard member Discord with those questions as well. We'll get those uh, top of the list. Product I, asked, I asked about uniforms last year. Remember that? Everybody you wanted did. to ask about uniforms. And we did. got them. So maybe ask about Marvin. We'll get Marvin. Yeah, yeah. they didn't escort you out of the building, which I they thought did. was a step in the right direction. Even Monty Osterfort was just like, what is look at this guy. The guy's asking me about uniforms. I just started the job. I'm trying to tear down this mess of a roster and get it going the right direction. You want me to know about what they're going to wear each and every Sunday. Prodigy Jones and Xavier Leggett 
Uh, good wide receiver. Absolutely. They really will yeah. get. Uh, he even admitted that he's, he's boys with Debo Samuel. They talk uh, weekly. And Leggett was a guy that, you know, struggled the first day of senior bowl, but kind of found his way. Um, I, th- I think as far as him getting the separation necessarily uh, at the next level is going to be key for him, but he's got the size. He's, he he uh, measured a little bit shorter than people anticipated. He's listed at 6'3", but I think he's more about 6'1", uh, but he plays big. Uh, Ken Weber said, I want Dorch back. So do we. Um, yeah, great stuff in the chat already. Uh, we've got so much to talk about. Uh, the Cardinals going to target a couple expatriates now. Justin Fields' trade appears to be imminent. Uh, but first, I got to tell you about our friends at BetMGM. Bet five, get 150 feels pretty imminent for new customers. In fact, it's a reality using the bonus code PHNX. All you got to do, download the BetMGM Sportsbook app. Uh, I hope nobody wagered on that uh, NBA All Star game last night, if you could. But if you did, do with our friends at BetMGM. We've got spring training games. Right around the corner, of course, the NHL in full effect. Our Coyotes, our precious Coyotes, having a tough time, but we're having fun with our friends at BetMGM. Bet5, get 150 in bonus bucks. You got to download the BetMGM Sportsbook app on your iOS, Android, or check them out at BetMGM.com. Sign up and deposit at least 5 bucks in your newly created account. Place a wager in an amount of 5 on any standard odds price. Once you have placed your bet, you're going to receive 150 in bonus bets regardless of the outcome of your wager. So if I place a five spot on the Coyotes' money line, they hit. I get my winnings plus my bonus bets. If I don't win, I just get my bonus bets. We're still having a great time. An exclusive deal. Tell them PHNX. PHNX Cardinals sent you with that bonus code PHNX. Check out the show notes for full details. Now listen to my guy Damon Dog talk about it in the disclaimer. Promo code 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877 hope or text hope 467 Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms. This promotional offer is not available in New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Daytona just wrapped up, right? Wasn't it the Super Bowl racing this weekend? And then yep. uh, you've got, of course, NASCAR coming to town. At Phoenix Raceway, get your tickets right now. You're not going to want to miss out on the good vibes in the best in-class fan experience when racing's toughest drivers have three days of action all surrounded, of course, by those beautiful Australia mountains. Picturesque out there. If you haven't uh, experienced it yet, what are you doing? Take the entire family. Spring bake at Phoenix Raceway, probably the most economical way to have fun here in the Valley or for spring bake. Perfection is the introduction to NASCAR with affordable ticket pricing for all families. Check out those grandstand tickets. There's not a bad seat in the house, whether you're a diehard racing fan or simply looking for a fantastic day out in the sun. This event promises to be fun for everyone from live entertainment, fan hospitality areas, and immersive infield experience. You haven't checked out the uh, renovated Phoenix Raceway. What are you doing? Go get tickets. Shriners Children's 500, Phoenix Raceway, March 8th through 10th. Less than a month away. Promise to be a weekend of good vibes for the whole family. Get your reserved grandstand tickets now at phoenixraceway.com. Uh, Phoenix Raceway Elite. Elite time. Uh, so much fun stuff to do here in the Valley. Uh, we're very blessed this time of year. 70 degrees, tons of stuff going on. Uh, fresh off the waste management. We got fun stuff going on here at PHNX uh, throughout the course of the spring. A lot of people asking us about our draft party. I promise you're going to have the details before anybody else. We can't wait to see you guys all come late April for what's going to be the best draft party here in the Valley. Uh, but I digress for the draft. We got to hit free agency and Bo dare the Cardinals care to dabble 
on a couple now ex New England Patriots defensive linemen. Now that Monty Austin Ford with ties to New England has a little bit more, let's just say, a robust salary cap to work with. Do you see these two individuals, uh, Lawrence Guy, uh, being of interest for the Arizona Cardinals? Yeah, Lawrence Guy, I mean, what, 33 years old. He obviously won a championship. He went from former Arizona State Sun Devil, seventh-round pick, journeyman, to uh, really being one of the best players on that defensive line for a while. But 33, it's just one of those things where, like, if, if he somehow comes in at the right price or, you know, Jonathan Gannon, Monty Austin view him as a rotational person that can come in and, and fill a role, sure, but is he going to be the guy that you're going to, he's going to be the big ad for your defensive line this off season. I just don't think that that's what it's going to be. But if it's somebody whose market doesn't materialize and Arizona Cardinals can get him at a, a decent, decent price, I think they will, but because of his age uh, and, and we'll see what he commands. And obviously people looking for defensive linemen all over the place. I think the Arizona Cardinals probably aren't, you know, the, the perfect fit for him. Yeah, Adrian Phillips, a safety, 31 years old, also released. I think a lot of these guys, the Lawrence guys of the world, no pun intended, are going to have to wait a, a hot minute. I think like we're going to see these these players that are promptly released. Yeah, I, I, they let them have a head start on the market. I don't think their market's going to materialize for, for a little bit. But once you get out of that first couple waves of free agency, like the first, let's just say like, so free agency basically opens up March 11th. Like mm -hmm. we get to the end of March, like the money's dried up for the most part. Like you're not getting huge multi-year deals. And especially if you're over 30 years old. So I think the Cardinals would be best served to get a, at least one legitimate starter on a multi-year contract, a defensive tackle. You've got Dante Stills. We've hoped to, to, to the football lords that they're going to draft at least a defensive tackle. Mm -hmm. And then you can just go out and get a Lawrence guy in May. Yeah. You can get a couple guys like the LJ Colliers of the world. And I know he didn't work out, but you know what I mean? I, at times, that's what Philly did, right? I mean, right. that's, how, that's how they built the rotation. Like, it's like they drafted, they've developed. Sure. They were blessed with a guy like Fletcher Cox on the roster already. Yeah. But they, you know, then they added like an Adamic and Sue later down the line. And that's the type of where he's, I think guys going as far as his career. Yeah, I, I underestimate, you just brought it up, the rotation that they have. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, they invested in, in Jalen Carter. They invested in so many first, Jordan, what's his name? Davis. Davis. They invested yeah. in so many premium defensive tackles, and that, that being Howie Roseman. So I'm just assuming, well, the Cardinals are going to do that. What if they don't do that? What if they're like, we're just going to add mid-level guys and hope <laughs> that we hit on some top 50 draft picks. So I'm being serious. Like, yeah. are they ever, I don't know if they're ever going to put all their eggs into one defensive lineman basket. Like I, I maybe the, their mindset and listen, the run defense didn't support it last year, but the way they play defense down the stretch, like is Gannon's defense and the brilliance of Nick Rollis. Like, is it built to succeed with just slightly above average defensive tackle play? And then you get your horses on the edge. Like maybe, maybe that's where they go eventually. So I, that's the one piece that, as we search for answers in March, mm -hmm. who are they targeting? How much money? Like, I know they're going to add defensive linemen, but what what sandbox, what tier are they going to be playing in, and how are they going to prioritize a unit that, like, the more I do digging on, it's just like, yeah, we're going to let this market come to us. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, Monty Austin Ford was part of the Tennessee organization that that had Jeffrey Simmons, and I think yeah. he sees the value. Regardless of, you know, and he, he is a matchmaker as far as coach and scheme and, and mm -hmm. reagents, right? But 
I think he understands that you got to have at least part of that crew, a game wrecker. And in order to get that, you don't already have it in house, uh, which, you know, Gannon did inherit with, with Cox, albeit that there was, you know, uh, differences between player and coach at times, but still a dynamic player. Um, you need to, you need to acquire one at some point. And, you know, maybe they view like, like we do, like, Hey, you could get a Byron Murphy, the second, a Tavondre sweat, a Chris Jenkins, a Darius Robinson that, that could do that for you. But man, you got a lot has to go right for the, one of those guys to, to be available and for one of those guys to actually be the guy. Right. Yeah. So I think that, uh, the, they will, there will be some additions just like the wide receiver core. Like it's not going to be, it's not going to be highlighted by any of the people that they add in free agencies, but they could be, you know, uh, because I think that they will go as far as building that spot, rebuilding that spot through the draft. So it's just going to be a sludge potentially. And like, if it's, if it's a guy, just know Lawrence guy, then you're like, okay, he's just a part of the puzzle. He's not, yeah. he's not the, he's not the lead dude. That guy, Angelo187, uh, $5 super chat. Hey, guys, just wanted to say love the podcast. Long time wow. Spotify listener. I listen to you guys every day at work. Keep up the good work. I'll be listening. Thank you so much, uh, Angelo. Awesome. We appreciate that. Uh, the comments like this are why we do it. Uh, super chat. So so kind and, and, and generous. Um, I don't think Justin Fields feels the way that Angelo does about our <laughs> podcast, however, uh, as we've been pretty adamant. Justin Fields is going to be Wally Pipped, so to speak, by Caleb Williams. It feels like that day is quickly approaching. We were talking about it last week. Hey, how about this? Uh, this is Ben Devine out of Chicago uh, giving us an expert from Albert Breer that basically says what we've been speculating, both that the Chicago Bears have already discussed the trade value of Justin Fields. Oh, how about that? With other teams at the Senior Bowl. And it makes sense if you're going to trade Fields, do it soon. So, um, yeah, uh, is, is Justin Fields traded before the start of free agency on March 11th? Yeah, probably. I, th- I think that, you know, if they're if they're discussing it and setting the groundwork for it, you know, around senior bowl, it's only going to continue and ramp up next week at the combine. And then uh, you've only got a couple more days between combine and, and when free agency in the new league year begins. And you have to start to account for, you know, salary cap and, and all those different things and, and really start to solidify your draft board. So I, I don't see this as in Ryan Poles. We, we know he likes to work fast. He traded yeah. that first overall pick uh, pretty quickly. We got uh, back from the combine last yeah. year and it, it was gone. Yeah. As well before the, the actual draft. So I think that he wants to really kind of put in place and get his organization going the direction it's going for that, that given season. You also don't want these teams to fall in love with a quarterback prospect at the combine at pro days where it seems like, you know what? I like Justin Fields initially, but I think we can get Bo Nix. Are, I think we, can are we already back. seeing like Pittsburgh try to somehow negotiate with the, what's been in the news lately. We're like, eh, we, we kind of want, we want to move forward with Kenny Pickett. We want to move forward potentially with, uh, with Mason Rudolph. It's like, do yeah. you really like, yeah, you're going to put your fan base through that. That's saying we don't want to give you our first. How about a second and yeah. a sweetener or something like that? I for for the Chicago Bears to be shopping up at the Senior Bowl, which this, you were at the Senior Bowl in January, right? You mm-hmm. and Damon Dog. So mm-hmm. that like Caleb Williams has been a Chicago Bear for like at least <laughs> six eight weeks. Like for people who are still saying they're speculating, and to get the president of the Bears coming out and saying we like Justin Fields. Yeah, you like him enough to shop him while you're in Alabama a, a month and a half before the NFL Combine. I mean, it's just. It's laughable. I mean, 
Caleb, all I watch on my Twitter indirectly is just the recommended videos or like people talking about how ridiculous Caleb Williams highlights are. And like, we're able to like take a 5,000 foot view now that he's had a couple of years at the collegiate level. It's like, yeah, he, he is a generational kind of blue chip prospect that you don't keep a guy with a 30% winning percentage at the pro level for. And so it's, of course this is going to happen and it's going to provide that much more clarity. And then it's like, it's that grim reaper gif where it's just like the bears will be settled and now (laughs) door to door. Right. And then we go to the commanders. I saw a report that the commanders are like talking about moving off Sam. Howell. I'm like, I, I definitely think that's a possibility. Like he was part of the old group. Like could Sam Howell net in the draft pick? Yeah. What? Move off yeah. of Sam Hell? No way. You'd be smart ass. We've been talking about a quarterback to Washington every like we without it's, it's like a single fiber of doubt that they're going to go quarterback. Like what, what yeah. would be the point? He's just going to stand there and hold a clipboard. I I forgot Sam Hell and Drake May were both at UNC, and then I thought you were going to just say existed. I thought you were just going to say I thought I forgot about Sam Hell's complete. Existence. No, he beat the Cardinals week one. <laughs> I, I definitely remember that. Uh yeah, we just we're working our way down. I still feel very. I know there's speculation locally. In this When's it gonna come out? When's it gonna come out? Because he's now in a unique position. I love this for Cliff. When's he gonna come out and say Sam's our guy? When, never, when's he gonna never. give him the the? He's the, not allowed the, to do that. The Josh Rosen kiss Dan of death. Quinn would never do it. History repeats itself, Johnny. It's gonna happen again in D.C. We're gonna be eating so good next week with quotes from this these guys. I wish Cliff was the head coach and not Dan Quinn. So we could talk to cliff cause he's not going to be made available, but like we're going to get not only nuggets about this franchise in front of the media and behind the scenes, but like you're going to hear stuff about the commanders. Dan Quinn's going to talk about these guys. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to hear from of course, Gerard Mayo and company in new England. And yeah. the Patriots kind of have a GM now. I just, I hope some of these quarterbacks throw and run. So it just can be the RG three effect lightning, you know, not lightning in a bottle, but like with a rocket strapped to their back. Like I want mm-hmm. Jaden Daniels to run a four, four. I want Drake yeah. may to look like have, have one of the best combines in recent memory. We don't know the participants yet. We yeah. know who's been invited. I don't expect Caleb Williams to do anything other than say a few words to the media, but I, I want these other quarterbacks to put on a show. Yeah. Jason asking, uh, what are your RB draft thoughts? Third round. And then Christopher and, EBEG getting in. Uh, we'll give you our thoughts. We're going to do our dueling mock drafts here coming up. It's going to be me versus Johnny. Instead of Johnny just kind of running point and drafting. I haven't done that in a while. <laughs> going rogue. It's going to be my mock draft versus his mock draft. And uh, you guys will be, you'll decide whether or not who won. Are we going to do rounds, what, one through four? We'll do the, the top, basically the top 100. Let's do it. All right, we're going to do that coming up here. Justin Fields, has he been traded yet? No, but uh, if he if he is, you'll know on this podcast because we're part of the inner circle, baby, not only around the NFL, but here at Circle K. Our friends at Circle K is going to hook you up, save 25 cents per gallon on your first five fill-ups when you download the Circle K app today and be, and be part of America's Thirst Stop Inner Circle. It's the new free membership program. I'm part of it. Our guy, Michael Wilson, is big on Circle K. And uh, after those first five Phillips are gone, you're going to save three cents per gallon every time moving forward. So you're saving money every time you're at Circle K, every time you're using the app. Why wouldn't you do it? And, of course, you can dabble every free 
uh, excuse me, every six free selection on products like pizza, coffee, ice cold fountain drinks, and more. Circle K has their own snack selection. It is on point. It is elite. All you got to do, download the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit circlek.com slash details for more information. And when you're loaded up on snacks, why not load up on some more? How about some delicious gummies from our friends over at OG's Brands? We're partnering with them. We always love our partnership with Arizona's family, favorite cannabis kitchen. That's OG's Brands, whether you're in it for the sleep time gummy. It's going to help put you to sleep, keep you to sleep, or you're in it for you know their naturals that they just launched in the beginning of the year, or the big gummies that they have that are 10 perforated slices of 100 milligrams of THC. Check out all the great products that OG's has to offer at ogsbrands.com. It's it's not just a one-stop shop for just one type of gummy experience. They've got something for everyone because all of us are different. And we're all seeking different experiences, and they've got one for you. It's going to be tailor fit for you. Check out what OG's has going on and cook it up at ogsbrands.com and, of course, at ogsbrands on social media. Learn more about OG's gummies, where you can find them, your local dispensaries, and over at ogsbrands.com. Got to be 21 years or older. It's time for Empire Mock Draft Monday. We are pivoting. We are are part of the NFL Draft community, the sheep community that are pivoting our mocks to Monday to rhyme with, not rhyme, but mock and Monday go well together. We're not, we're moving our mocks off of Tuesday. That's right. We are pivoting to Mock Draft Monday, brought to you by our friends at Empire today, building our empire, but which empire will succeed and which will fall? Find out now. <laughs> Johnny Venerable versus Bo Brock. Um, so here's what we're going to do. We're each going to do our own mock draft. And then you guys are going to tell us, not in the chat, respectfully, in the comments below this video, to help the algorithm, to tell us who <laughs> won the mock draft. You go and say Johnny wins, X, Y, and Z. Bo wins, even though that well, probably for show pur- For show purposes, we'll have Damon Dog come on mic and give his thoughts on it. Yes, because- absolutely. Because we told Damon Dog that if he plays nice, we will give him the reins to a mock draft soon. That's yes. going to happen. Damon Dog's going to get to draft his own Cardinals mock. But we, we need to settle the score real quick because uh, we need to know who's the better mock drafter. So if you, you just say in the comments, not the chat, who you think is going to do it, who had the best draft. And then um, Damon Dog's going to tell you on air who he thought. But, you know, I got one bone to pick, though, before we get started here, Johnny. Yeah. Pro football focus. I love the PFF mock draft simulator, but there's one big issue I've got with it. Do you know what it is? What's that? Jaden Daniels is their 22nd ranked prospect. So I have like the, because I'm a mock draft fiend, I've been doing uh, a ton of them. And at no point does Jaden Daniels actually land third with the Patriots. I mean, I've even been at the Cardinals 27th overall selection and there's Jaden Daniels just kind of waiting in the green room still feel bad for his little digital self. It's just, it's, it's criminal what they're doing to the poor kid here on the mock draft simulator. We don't want to see that ahead of the draft. We don't need anti uh, Jaden Daniels propaganda out there. So we'll have to talk like, is that our guy? I think that's Trevor Sikama and we're gonna have to put him in his place when we see him uh, come next week. He agrees. It's going to probably be one, two, three, a quarterback. I I don't know how they (laughs) bump him up. I don't need to see him down there with Bo Nix and JJ McCarthy. How dare you? All right, I'm going to defer to my better half, Bo Brock. I'm going to give you the reins uh, figuratively, and uh, I'm going to drive here. You're going to start four rounds, dueling mock drafts. Let's get started. All right, this is going to be tough just because the screen is so tiny. I'm going to have to put on my 
my corrective lenses here just to watch it. So with all that being said, uh, I, I really doubt that Marvin's going to make it to me at four here because of where they have Jaden Daniels ranked really seriously doubt unless the Patriots go with another prospect uh, that's ranked higher, maybe a Joe Alt or a Malik neighbors. Then we get Marvin Harrison jr. So do I need to pull off a trade? Uh, I'm not going to waste your time. I'm going to just, I'm just going to ride it out and see who's there at fourth overall. So right. yes, and, Drake may Caleb Williams, Marvin go one, two, three. All right. In this situation, let's see what trades available to me. Johnny, can you hit my uh, trade there? Looks like the Las Vegas Raiders want to come up from 13. Oh boy. Uh, that's, that's a bit, that's a bit far for me to drop. Um, let's get, get off click on the drop down thing there. Oh man, this is terrible with you navigating it for me. Go to the trade. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to try to facilitate my own here. So click on okay. that. Is, is it not dropping down? It's dropped down. What's the problem? I can't it see it. Ten, okay. Uh, who do you want? Tennessee Titans, New York Giants, Los Angeles Chargers, Falcons. You tell me. Give me the like Falcons. A, all right. We're going to try the Falcons. the Falcons here. All right. Eight for four. Mm-hmm. What else do you want to add? Man, they have no interest in doing that, huh? No. They feel really good about all right. uh, the ghost get, of. Get me back to the, the Raiders. Raiders. Let's, 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 let's try to pull one over the Raiders. They want, they want to get up for Jaden Daniels or somebody. Um, at least 13, give me the round one next year and give me their second round this year. Wow. All right. Take the second round off and put the third rounder in there. Gross. And <laughs> look, that's, that's too you far. Want to add one of their sh- shitty players. You want one of the, you want one of these scrubs? Anybody no. doing anything I'm for gonna, you? After all this is said that I'm going to stick and pick, get me to draft a player. <laughs> nice. Draft a player. Give me Joe Alt. Wow. Over Malik neighbors, Joe Alt, mm-hmm. fourth overall. My, I'm already going to just destroy you in this mock. I already know it. All right. So I'm back on the clock at 27th overall. Let's see who we've got. There's Brian Thomas, Lad McConkey. Uh, it's, it's wide receiver, not right. Wide receiver rich down the board here. I got my tackle, so I'm keeping. Looks like Paris Johnson Jr. will probably stay in the right side. We'll get Joe Halt as your franchise left tackle. Not too bad, right? Uh, so now I'm either going to go with the wide receiver I didn't get to select fourth overall or passed on, or I'm going to go with uh, start to rebuild that defense. But I don't see too many big time, big play defensive. Who do we have as far as defensive linemen right now available? Scrub McGrub, not very, not very <laughs> good. Uh, Braswell, uh, every everything is going to be a reach. I think what what has hurt you is there was a run on defensive linemen that took yeah. place in the teens. Byron Murphy, Jerzon Newton, Jer, uh, Jared Verse. So, I mean, I I look at this. I think the board's really fallen for you for for a premium receiver. Yeah, uh, as opposed to a defensive lineman. Let's take the uh, let's take Brian Thomas Jr. out of LSU. 27th overall. All right. So now we're at 35th overall. Um, TJ Tampa could be an option at cornerback. Peyton Wilson, the off ball linebacker, not ready to pull the trigger on that. Uh, already got a pretty sure f- shirt up offensive line, which is the pick I made fourth overall slide down the draft board here. Adisa Isaac, the uh, edge rusher, or chop Robinson. Um, Go back up. 
don't you take, let's take TJ Tampa, the cornerback out of Iowa State. How you feeling so far, Bo? I hate it. I hate this. This is disgusting. And now I'm sitting in the third round. I've Ooh, got here just, you go. <laughs> Christian Haynes, the guard out of Connecticut, could just completely be the final piece to my puzzle uh, as far as my offensive line goes. Yeah. Uh, um, I took Brian Thomas and look at this receivers. This, you know what? This the worst part of this is that you're navigating yeah. this, and it's I'm just not comfortable at all. Not in my mock draft. Well, I, I, mean, I haven't sabotaged it. I feel like you're making excuses now for your yeah. poor drafting. Mm-hmm. I just haven't gone to work on this defense. And really, I mean, I took it. I took Tampa. At okay, Iowa well, State. let's stop crying about it and let's go yeah. to the defensive line here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I to Sweat's available. Yeah, um, but I think that's a little bit of a reach at this point. And then you've got Austin Booker. A lot of people are 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 big on him. I mean, give listen, me, you give gotta me. go. Give me Christian Haynes out of UConn. I'm going to finish off the offensive line. I like that pick. Listen, it's a very physical draft. And now yeah. you're right back on the clock. And do you dare double dip at receiver here with a no, couple I'm of the, the draft beauties? The, I'm going to take the edge out of Kansas. I'm going to take Austin Booker here. Okay, listen, is this a flashy draft? No, but it's very, very methodical. I don't think I don't have any issue with this draft. Yeah. Then you get some beef up front. Um, looks like Michael Hall Jr., who's decent at the senior bowl. Can you just pull up. Can you just isolate into your defensive lineman for me, please? I sure I sure can. Yeah. Michael Hall. Man. I've really just backed myself into the corner here. <laughs> oh man. Give me give me Hall. I need him. This is the most reluctant. Uh, I guess I'll draft X player. Yeah. All right, last pick on the I, clock here. I, I was in the lab today, just 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 ripping off mock drafts. Oh, and sure you were. They went way better than this. Not sure you were. Give me, Listen, give me. You're gonna get give Brian me, Thomas. Give me, give me Jarvis Land, Jarvis Brownlee Jr. out of Louisville here. And let's wow. Just, yeah. Big twelve yeah. corners and and ACC corners. Interesting choice. All right, let's see uh, what our friends at Pro Football Focus thought. Although they're not the end all be all, they could skew the audience here as it relates to what grade you will receive. Uh, no trades for Bo Brock. Uh, I, I think they like it. Yeah, I think I made the the decision to uh, the TJ Tampa selection was was a bad. That was a mistake. That was that yeah. was. I think Joe Alt and Brian Thomas Jr. together, that's tremendous value. I have Brian Thomas Jr. as a top 20 player. You know, Alt's the, the, the darling of this mock outs or the, the draft for me outside of Marvin. I do not love 35 through 105. There's cool. Just, Thanks, there's, dude. There's not a lot hey. of pizzazz there. Hey, me, step into my office. Why? I'm effing fired. I'm out of here. Get your shit and get out of here. You disgust uh, me. This no, is a terrible listen. draft. <laughs> we There could be some peeps in the chat that like this draft. I just, you know, this is not worst case scenario. It's probably the nicest thing I can say about it. Does everybody have a mint? <laughs> well, no, just save, save the, save the draft. Can you, can't you just save the picture right there? Yeah. Download image. Okay. Yeah. We've downloaded right. it. New mock draft. All right. I guess it's my turn, uh, and there's really nowhere to go but up after that. So we're going to get started here. Me. Um, so uh, full transparency, I was going to do this anyway. Um, so we're going to talk to New England here, and I want p- th- the third overall pick, as Bo mentioned. Okay, so they're not interested, but what if I give them a little sweetener here, 137, and we're going to give them maybe a fifth rounder next year. 
I'm going to offer the trade. New England, not, not interested. Well, I don't love hearing that. Um, so 137 is in the fifth round. What if I give um, if I give him a fourth next year for the rights for Marvin Harrison Jr.? I'm going to offer that trade. Not interested. All right. So they they are clearly <laughs> clearly beholden on something better than 137. So I am having to weigh now. Do I trade a fifth rounder and a third next year, which is pretty pretty stark, or could I do this right here? So I'm going to go down this roster, and there's just just a lot a lot happening here with this roster. Um, what if I did something to the effect of 37? Okay. Which is a throwaway pick to me. It means nothing. And I do a little round now more action and I offer this trade. Let's see what happens. Not interested. What if I add a fifth round <laughs> to that mix offer this trade? <laughs> Not it ain't happening, man. No, I'm, interested. I'm my, <laughs> she doesn't want right. to go out with you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Stop stalking her. Offer this trade. Uh, no attempts remaining. Well, I did my best, chat. Everybody can understand that I tried my best. We're going to start this draft. Um, and listen, it's probably better that this happens so we're on even playing field here. I was just, I was very committed to dealing away Rondell Moore. It didn't happen. All right, so will I have more uh, robust options here to trade down as opposed to Bo Brock? Um, I, I hate these trade targets, first of all. I'm not helping the Rams, the Niners, or the Chiefs come up and get Malik neighbors. That makes me sick to my stomach. So I'm going to go and I'm going to vet um, the Tennessee Titans. Should they want to come up for Jaden Daniels? Uh, there's no interest right now, man. I'm going to be in the same exact boat as Bo Brock here. Um, <laughs> I don't love this uh, either. I'm going to probably go for the sake of some parody here. I'm going to go neighbors fourth overall. Uh, Cause there's, I wanted to do a trade. There's just no, nobody wants to trade with your boy. We're going to go Malik neighbors fourth overall. Um, and again, it's not something that we have to stomach. He's a tremendous player. I'm looking at this board. I know exactly what I want to do. I'm going to get Tyler Guyton to take over for DJ Humphreys at left tackle 31st overall. Um, could I do a mini trade back and still secure him? Uh, I'm looking at the likes of green Bay, Atlanta and Chicago. I do not, but I also am open to the idea of dealing down from 35. So I'm going to go Tyler Guyton. Um, and again, that it's Tyler Guyton and Malik neighbors better than Joe Alt. And, um, and uh, Brian Thomas Jr. I think there, there's a conversation and an argument to ha be had for both. Now I'm looking at Graham Barton, JJ McCarthy, Chris Braswell. I don't love any of these options here. I'm in the same exact boat. Bo was Tennessee wants to trade. So here's what I'm going to do with Tennessee. Tennessee wants to come up. We did this uh, little dog and pony show last year. Can I get mm, 107? I don't love 107. But can I get a third next year? Let's offer third next year. I got a third rounder moving down three spots. So I already like my spot more than Bo. So I'm going to come down a couple spots. I passed on three guys I was not considering. Chris Braswell, no thanks. I already have my tackle. Keon Coleman, mega bust in, in, in waiting here. Um, <laughs> Chop Robinson, Darius Robinson. Here's what I think is, has happened is that I think the Cardinals have signed a guard in free agency, and we have our, our now our left tackle but is it worth stashing a player the caliber of Jordan Morgan, who, according to Kyle Odegaard, friend of the show, has spoken with? Do you go all in on the offensive line, or do you desperately need a piece up front on the defensive line? That's what you're weighing right now. 
I I am not looking at Jordan Morgan. Can I him can I sit. interject? Yes, where go ahead. I I feel immense regret why I, I took TJ Tampa this early. Where I probably should have gone the route of a Chop Robinson or a Darius Robinson. I agree. And my my inclination is because he's a friend of this program, Darius Robinson. You are a Cardinal. But before we do that, is there a mini trade down? No, there is not. So we're going to go Darius Robinson here. Uh, I pick 38. I know PFF's not going to love that. They're going to think it's a little bit of a reach, but I don't care. I love that player. Um, okay. They're, so they're not the ones that are going to grade this draft. The, the, yes. The listeners, the viewers, the chat, peeps, the, the people that, that, that I care about. Uh, somebody want to come up for Michael Penix? Good hell. All right. So commanders, are they interested? They've already taken a quarterback Patriots. Can I, can I swindle them here? What's going on? Pick 104. Okay. Snowby wants to trade with me. Uh, everybody's being stingy with their picks. Christian Haynes. I don't know. I, I, this is where Johnny's going to dabble. Johnny's going to get a little nuts here. <laughs> And you know where I'm already headed. I'm going to get a thousand yard receiver from the SEC that averaged 18 yards per reception. Xavier Leggett and Malik Neighbors are about to torment the NFC West for 10 plus years. Where is he uh, going to play? Wherever he wants. Uh, let the best players win. That uh, people were asking me, you got to get a contingency plan. It's time, time, baby. It's time, time. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't disrespect <laughs> me, right? I'm not. I was talking up your draft as tough as it was to watch. Um, <laughs> All right, so I've addressed, if we're recapping here, edge rusher slash defensive line tackle, and I've gotten two receivers in a receiver-rich class. Uh, as much as I love these remaining receivers, I can't triple dip. That would be... You probably uh, will. We're going to no, be at I the won't. end of this thing. You're I, like, you know what? Why not? See, this is both like this is like a political campaign to sh- smear my, <laughs> my integrity here. Uh, I'm probably going to go back to the defensive line, although I am going to see what options are available at running back. Um, do I get one of the best running backs in the draft in Jalen Wright, who is available here, thousand yard rusher four touchdowns, 7.4 yards per clip at Tennessee, uh, just under six foot. He's a big kid. Uh, I think it's a little rich right here, but can I make a trade? Denver Broncos want to come up. Uh, we're going to go 76 for 71. Plus I'm going to ask for 114. We're going to offer it. Can we get back in the fourth round? We sure do. So I'm going to, I'm going to trade down just a couple of picks here and see what we're cooking up in Johnny's kitchen. And I'm going to go chalk like ball. I'm going to get an edge rusher. I'm going to go Austin Booker, Kansas. Uh, so now I've drafted two defensive linemen and uh, here we sit at the end of the third round, no trades oh. to be had. I, I have not had, I have not had uh, an opportunity to address the secondary. I don't think I'm going to De- Trevandre sweat. I'm going to go yeah. defensive line yet again. Beef. Give me beef up front. Better uh, lucky I don't than care. good. I don't care. There. I didn't have that I option. <laughs> I don't care if we punt on the cornerback position a couple times. Um, and now, now we're going to get spicy with the running back. I think this, this is going to be my spot. One Oh five. We've done our homework. We're all going to sleep well after day two of the draft. And we're going to go with one of our favorite players, Braylon Allen. Um, I know some people say it's a reach. I do not. I think this is the big physical heir apparent to James Connor. I mean, look at these metrics, 6'2", 245. Can he keep his weight down? TBD, but we're drafting him 105 overall. We have another fourth rounder because uh, I've been wheeling and dealing like nobody's business here. Uh, and then we'll just take Jarvis Brownlee Jr. because he's from uh, our guy Jonathan Gannon's alma mater. You know that uh, JG will love this pick. Homer pick here. And, uh, yeah, that'll do it on Johnny's Mock Draft here on a Mock Draft Monday, brought to you by our friends at Empire today. It's probably a 
cooking up quite a bit here to grade this draft because it's so elite. Uh, and I will not accept <laughs> anything other than A. Malik Neighbors, round one. Tyler Guyton, round two. Then we traded three spots. Got a future third from uh, Tennessee. Still got Darius Robinson, Xavier Leggett. Hey, look at these contending universities. LSU, Oklahoma, Missouri had their best year to date. Stud SEC wide receiver. Then we copped an extra fourth. Uh, Kansas. Defensive lineman, uh, back-to-back out of the Big 12. One of the best uh, running backs in college football. I don't care what the grade says. Uh, rotational cornerback, plus our third next year. Uh, I, I like my my mock draft. Not my favorite because it doesn't contain MHJ, but still cooking with gas, Bo Brock. Yeah, I'm... I'm actually going to quit my job, move out of state after this after this mock draft. I'm so embarrassed by myself right now. I can't. I, I just want to turn off my camera. I want to turn off my microphone. I don't want to be here any longer. I'm so it just. I'm ill. I'm sick to my stomach. Was that a butt I, kicking? Uh, yeah, Bla- Jalen Blake Damon, took you to the word shed. Damon, what do you think? This was. I, I'm so embarrassed. Bo, you got smoked, buddy. I did. I did. I, I didn't appreciate you. You this going after Johnny for doubling down on receiver there. <laughs> I thought that was a good play, Johnny. I Thank like you, that. Thank you, Damon. Pick. Uh, I'm sorry. Do you not like elite uh, pass catchers from the SEC? I do. If you're not getting Marvin. I got Aaron, one. I got one. I got Brian got Thomas one. Jr. Oh, yeah. Why? Because I got you... Michael Wilson. You got Michael Wilson. I got Trey McBride. I'm saying this to you as your friend. Watching you do that mock draft, I would have never have thought you had done one of those before. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to tell you what I've done before. It's uh, I've done the Arizona lottery and uh, newsflash. It's uh, it's made me a richer man. Uh, check them out. Arizona lottery. Uh, they got so much good stuff going on. Uh, we're winning big here, or at least one of us is on our mock draft. The Arizona lottery is introducing a new unique way to help you win big on a new ticket promotion called Arizona adventure. There are three ways to play and win big play Arizona adventure lottery tickets featuring three iconic landscapes uh here in the valley these tickets have prizes up to 50 grand they've got camelback mountain and more check them out there's 10 different destinations across the state from flagstaff to yuma all you got to do visit azadventure.com for details and directions uh or enter online for a chance to win one million dollars in cash and arizona travel prizes they uh are a fantastic way to help them support environmental conservation among all other important initiatives across this fine state. The Arizona lottery is not just about playing games and winning prizes. It's also about giving back to the state and its communities. You love hearing that visit azadventure.com for more information on how you can take an adventure for a chance to win 1 million in cash and travel prizes here in the desert. I'm going to drive down to my circle K in the corner and buy a couple those Arizona adventure lottery tickets. Cause I took a huge L today. I did. I, it's undeniable. I, I, it's undeniable. Uh, I I'll be lucky to leave this room and my family still be in the house. They might have already packed the things up and, and left me because I'm such a loser. Uh, oh, come on. You're too hard. Stop trying to get people to feel sorry for you. Like, no, it's on. not. Like it's legit. it's a giant. It's just, I'm going to sit here like this and people, I think I got relegated out of uh, mock drafting the rest of the way. They want Johnny versus Damon next time. Maybe we're going to have to give it to him. It, it, yeah. Unbelievable. You know, Here's what I will say people in the chat are saying you should have wheeled and dealed more. 
that's yeah. a deterrent when you're not driving. And I, yeah. so we'll, we'll have to maybe figure I'll out a just, way. Maybe I'll use, uh, I'll take over on my screen next time when I'm. Yeah, driving. we'll give you uh, the login information, bold, bold drive next time. Listen, it's not going to hamper me like it did Bo, but I, I can, you know, admit <laughs> that that was a, a deterrent of Bo's success. <laughs> The, I'm looking the, at like this this little tiny font. I mean, the, if, if the Cardinals draft TJ Tampa 35th overall, that 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 would be so egregious, and I will blame you dating back to this show. So keep that in mind. I just I, I cringe. It's like when you say something stupid in front of somebody you respect, and you think about it. <laughs> down the it's line. like when you talk to Gannon in the parking lot. <laughs> TJ, yeah, yeah. It's effing got, I got these guys, man. Yeah. Oh man. Let's take this big 12 corner. Uh, the, I mean, I'm sure he's a good player. Yeah. Let's take him 35th overall when there's like three or four first round caliber defensive linemen still there. Yeah. Oh man. I love, I love it so much. You want better uh, insight. You want better insight than that. Uh, you got to check out our friends over at gophnx.com. No doubt about it. Johnny's his, his mock draft. That's still up there alive. Way better than TJ Tampa in the second round. See who he selected with the 35th overall pick. Also some wheeling and dealing. Uh, see Johnny's work, gophnx.com. Also our mock draft tracker, which is going to keep you up to date with all the mock drafters, not behind the paywall, uh, but you'll get exclusive uh, access to our member Discord if you become a diehard today. Um, yeah, look, become don't don't waste any more time. Get exclusive insight into the Cardinals offseason by becoming a diehard. Also access to all of our peers here at PHNX. Uh, Gerald Breguet covering the Suns, Craig Morton covering the Coyotes in their ongoing arena saga. Don't delay any longer. Go PHNX.com and become a diehard. Get that exclusive membership to that exclusive Discord. And the conversation will continue with people roasting me in the member Discord chat. I love looking back at the chat because I can't see it while I'm running it. And there's some positive comments on both ends. Somebody just said, good job not taking any off ball linebackers. Uh, so I think that's a, that's a win for, for both of us. Um, but no, I like, it's a really good player. If you like, I didn't watch a ton of South Carolina football, but anytime I did, it felt like he was always open. You're, you're coming like, back to to just kind of <laughs> to to just glaze over your own pick. Yeah, I just want to relish into my <laughs> my mock draft dominance yet again. Like again, if you're getting Malik Neighbors and Xavier Leggett to go along with Michael Wilson, and you get Tyler Guyton, I mean, it's pretty pretty solid. This is almost better that Marvin's not available for us on these mocks because it forces us to get creative too. Yeah. Like it forces us, and when we do our fan mocks on Fridays. The chat, everybody has to, you have to step outside your comfort zone. I didn't like that. I tried feverishly, feverishly to get up to third overall, and the Patriots just weren't having it. Uh, Ila Dre, 499, even though you lost to Johnny, I still believe in you, Bo. Wow. How about that? See, your supporters are still here hanging on. Thank you. Hanging on by a thread. If they're they're not, I understand why. Jack Smith, Bo didn't have his Monty bald cap on. (laughs) That's true. Maybe that was it. Could I look more ridiculous? I've got a stupid long horn over my shoulder here, and I'm I'm just what is that? Are you <laughs> That's like it? when the balloon came last week? <laughs> oh man, this this is the exact kind of show we needed to kick off this week. Uh, if you just joined us, Mike Evans not mm-hmm. going to be a Cardinal. Calvin Ridley not going to be a Cardinal. We're Cardinal fans. We're diehards. You should be a diehard at gophnx.com. Just a few more shows in the fold here in the desert before Bo, Damon Dog, and I, and more, head out to Indianapolis for the Combine, your premier Combine coverage of this team, the Arizona Cardinals, like nobody else, 
does it. So if you need a reminder what our shows look like last year, they're cataloged on our YouTube page here at PHNX Sports, but we get the biggest guests, the best access. We're frontline for every single draft prospect that you want to hear from and more. Austin Ford, Gannon, the content is going to be rolling bow and it's going to be glorious. Yeah, it's going to be nonstop. It's going to be the only insight you're going to get from Indy next week. It's going to be right here at PHNX Cardinals. Uh, I mean, I might not go any longer. Actually, Saul might throw me off the show after after that mock draft. If you see me just kind of wandering around the streets of Phoenix or Old Town Scottsdale, and I've grown this beard out, and I look like I need maybe got a cup, probably throw some change in it because I, I'm on hard times because this mock draft is it's ruined my life. It really Steve has. Time will take you in. You got <laughs> that's not, that's draft bus buddies. Uh, <laughs> we'll be the bus buddy. We'll be the uh, we'll be roommates uh, living yeah. in a in a two bedroom somewhere. It'd be great. You'll be remembered for TJ Tampa, like he's remembered for Andy Isabella. God's plan. Uh, Robert Morbeau, I'm going to dominate this draft. Johnny Venerable and PFF, the F U R. That's right. That's exactly right. No better way to encapsulate this hot mess of a show here on a football Monday. <laughs> We're back tomorrow, Manata. It's Tuesday, tag day in the NFL. Will we have more clarity on the likes of Brian Burns, Justin Matabuke, and more? Be sure to like, subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcast. Damon Dog, behind the mic, Bo Brock. I'm Johnny Venerable. We'll see you manana. Peace.